This is a podcast from 3RRR, 102.7 FM in Melbourne. Truly independent community radio. Oh, man, it's so good to have your own horn section every, every Sunday. Look at there they go. <laughs> horn sections. Book a great gig. Booker T, the MGs, and Shh. the horn section. Love it, love it. Welcome to the afternoon here on 3RRRFM. Yes, it is the afternoon. It is glorious. How good is the weather? Oh, it makes me smile. Yes. In fact, I almost shed a tear because the weather outside is so magnificent. Are you making the most of it today? After a long, cold winter. As we uh, as we stare blinking from the cave into the sunshine. Yeah, sort we... of rubbing our eyes. I was going to say that. Yeah, rubbing our eyes and maybe <laughs> scratching around. No, yes. let's not go. They were okay. so beautiful. The rubbing the eyes part was really, really great. We made it through winter, ladies and gentlemen. It is springtime. It is just the most glorious day for a picnic. Yes. A good day to look at the sea. Ah, yes. A good day to look at the mountains. It is good day to just look at a horizon. Yes. Yeah, maybe that's the thing. Or yeah. maybe you're just inside and, uh, I don't know. How about this? Here's an image. Mm. The window's open. Mm. There is warmth Breezing in. Yes. Because we had the, the windows have been a barrier. They have. To I almost <laughs> forgot you could open them after yeah. this long winter. You know, the <laughs> problem is we opened all the windows last night. You know what we got? Uh, a, 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 a dust which made hay fever a reality. No, we got bugs. Oh, bugs? Bugs. They were attracted to our lights. Well, we've got an odd spot on the bugs a little bit mm. uh, as we start the show. Yeah, and, we and, do. <laughs> and we do say welcome. You think you got bugs here? Got to watch out for these ones. Uh, the first thing we must do is yes. uh, looking back, even though, mm-hmm. and uh, this sets us apart from commercial radio, does it not, Matt? Yes, we can hey? we mention what we what you just missed. What if you just tuned just in. happened. Yes. This this is what happened. First of all, the doctors, <laughs> the great as always, yes. but the scientists, erudite as always, yes, as always, and we say happy birthday to Doctor Shane. Happy birthday, Doctor Shane. You in your car? Can you hear us? Happy birthday, buddy. He's still in the studio, I think. Oh, where is he? Yeah, he's there. He's I don't there. think he's listening. Anyway, happy birthday, Dr. Uh, good Shane. on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> good on you for, uh, for another notch yes. in the belt yes. of life. <laughs> good on you. We salute you. Yeah. Uh, yes, today's show, what have we got? Um, we should also mention that the name of our program is Eat It, and your name is Cameron Smith, and I am Matt Stedman, and welcome to the afternoon. And see you on Triple Up. It's the sound of us getting organised. Yes, Eat It is the name of the show. We're delighted to have you here as we celebrate all things foodie and food producers. And uh, today's show is absolutely no exception, Mm. I've got to say, uh, because we have – it's Melbourne Salami Festival time. You're right. It's a very special time of the year. Yes. Where the Northcote Town Hall becomes Salami Central. Yeah, right. Salami headquarters, if you like. (laughs) Small good capital of <laughs> of the Southern Hemisphere. Yes. Um, and, uh, yeah, well, the great news is the Melbourne Salami Festival is one of those – it has it has actually been a festival that really has grown organically, and mm. it's in its fourth year. Um, you would expect Team Mediterranean to be winning. You would. You would yeah, just naturally. But, but, no, that's not what has happened. You're saying the Skippies are taking over? Yeah, the hipster Skippies. Yeah, right. I'm actually, I'm not sure they're hipsters, but uh, the Skips – have um, mm. um, sort of in uh, have won uh, Team Mediterranean uh, a desperate rearguard action yes. happening as we speak. Yes, um, there was much gnashing of teeth, probably breaking out the extra special fennel, That's put in with the fork. <laughs> yes, 
and and it's been a great year for for doing that. But anyway, it's it really is something that ticks our boxes, doesn't it, Matt? Because yes. this is uh, about cultural traditions. Yes, and in a lot of ways, we sort of we could say that we're the twenty first region of Italy. I think we have a fair claim to that. I agree. I think we do because a, a lot of us take uh, the regionalism and food traditions a little bit more seriously than they do at home. Oh, really? Could be said, yeah. Yes, right. Anyway, um, but um, we have Linda. Mm-hmm. She's waiting in the green room. She's going to come on, and we're going to talk a little bit about what's going on. Mm-hmm. Market. Star of the show's not here. No, no. no he's, normally he's, uh, he's you, on holidays. Oh, is he? Yes. So normally you check to the Queen Victoria market and speak to our good friend John there at Tomato City. John, yes. But he's, uh, what, do you know where he's gone? Has he gone anywhere special? Or is he just not showing up to work and lying? I think he's going to Queensland. I just did that. QLD. Yeah. Yeah, postcode 7000 something. Yes. Yeah, if, you, if anyone writes anybody anymore, <laughs> which they don't. But um, so what did we decide to do? Mm. We went, or I went, mm. with little Vladimir, which yes. is the name of the portable recording device that we have because of his little fluffy hat that yes. he has on top of his head. Mm-hmm. Is why it's called. Actually, he's a Sony. But uh, um, I talked to Damien Pike. Mushroom. David, Damien Pike. Southside. Southside. The Pran Market. Pran Market. Yes. Yeah. And um, Damien's great. I mean, he really is. I haven't spoken to him for a while. So anyway, mm. market reports coming from Pran. Yes. And uh, then we look back on uh, on the year that was as we celebrate looking forward. Yes. Uh, the Age Good Food Guide. This time of year. 2015. We are, uh, 2016, 16? actually. Yes, guide. You're right. You're right. There it is. 2016. And we've got the editor. Rosalind's coming in. Rosalind is coming in. We look yes. forward to seeing her. So we'll be quizzing her about who's in, who's out, who lost her hat. We'll be talking hats. Hats. Yes. Let's talk hats. How many hats? How many hats you got? Yeah. i got two hats. Really? Yeah. That's pretty good. That's, all, that's very what are good. They, are they baseball caps? No, yeah. they're chef's chooks, I suppose. Um, so um, a look. Actually, it is kind of interesting in that Ros can give us a snapshot of the industry because that's sort of the... One of the things that the Age Good Food Guide does so well is it, you know it I, sets it in stone. This is true. I actually dig the Good Food Guide. We know we have them on every year. Um, but we're not just saying I actually really think it's a, a useful guide to sort the flotsam from the jetsam in Melbourne dining. Because especially if you're a visitor, say, and you're just walking around the sea, you're going, oh, so many restaurants. What's going on? What's going on? Yeah. And, you know. Why are these people standing outside trying to get me in? It's yeah. fair to say they're not all excellent. Yes. But uh, all the ones in the guide are reliably good dining. I've found the wheat from the chaff. This is true. Yes. Mm. The uh, the rams from the ewes. Anyway, let's let's not just twelve oh nine. Yes. You think we're just crapping on, wouldn't they? I hope the ghost isn't listening. <laughs> Sorry, ghost. I'm getting uh, on to it. Um, I got to say hello to him the other day, which oh, really? was kind of nice too. We are um, a bit random today, aren't we? We, yeah, should, we, are. we should be a little more focused. I think we probably should. So let's uh, let's have a look and see what uh, has been happening today. We yes. look forward to, to that. And uh, as I look into uh, the uh, thing that will tell us what is going on today, I have a food quote, first of all, mm. from William Shakespeare, uh, from uh, the wonderful play Romeo and Juliet. Mm. Uh, speak it along with me if you'd like. Mm. Uh, Tis an ill cook that cannot lick his own fingers. Ponder that, if you may. And um, I'm just trying to work out whether this is a spelling mistake or not. We were sort of trying to worry about it. Yes. It's apparently National Caramel Custard Day. And I don't know whether that's just... Caramel custard sounds like is, a character out of Cluedo. I know. <laughs> yes, with the rolling pin. Caramel with the rolling pin 
in uh, the um, in the uh, in the conservatorium. Uh, thank you very much. And uh, we also say good on you, Saint Clair of Assisi. Mm. Uh, I don't know if she was related to Frankie of Assisi. Mm. Frankie being the patron of animals. Yes. Looking after him. So what did, what did Claire get? Claire gets uh, laundry workers and good weather. On you. Well, she, but this would probably be one of her Presiding days. Presiding over today, no doubt. No doubt. And if you've got your, uh, your laundry out on the line, well, bang. Claire so is looking Claire after is, you. Is just going, I've got this covered. This is the, I was made for this. Yes. Um, and what else did we have? I had something that was happening here on today. Oh, this was uh, what we were talking about the other day. Yes. Actually, just a while ago. Yeah. If you think the bugs are bad in your place, then you might have a couple of mozzies. Yes. Spare a thought for the people in northern China, because in 2013, swarms of two-inch-long giant hornets were reported to have killed more than 40 people. And injured more than 1,600 in northern China. I mean, we think the wasps coming around the barbie are a bit a bad two news. two-inch-long hornet. Giant hornet. Giant, <laughs> just for added effect. <laughs> two-inch giant. Throw some more adjectives in there. Yeah, yeah. You've got to watch out for those. Anyway, we should get on with the show. Yes. 12 and 11, uh, we're going to talk to Linda about the cultural traditions that uh, that are being celebrated in Northcote for the, uh, for the fourth time. Linda Catalano, very, very good afternoon to you. It's so nice to be in a triple R. <laughs> Welcome back. Thanks. Now, it's exciting times happening at Northcote, isn't it? Completely is exciting times. Northcote um, Town Hall gets transformed this time of year, does it not now? It really does. And we were um, we were there, the Melbourne Salami Festa team, quite early this morning getting our shipping container drop-off point uh, ready shipping to go. Shipping container? What's the shipping container for? Indeed. The shipping container has windows cut out of it yeah. and it will be the bar for the festa for our, our fabulous Melbourne Salami Festa weekend. So instead of a pop-up, this is more of a sort of drop-down by crane. <laughs> Completely. doesn't pop up. It just... It, it, we have arrived. We've arrived, yeah. And we are looking for the next champion. So it was really, really fun this morning. We, yeah. Uh, we set up everything and the various families and groups of friends have started dropping off their homemade salami for the competition, which is the integral part of the festa, the heart of the festa, if you like. And everything else we do revolves around this this competition. And I had the total um, butterflies in the stomach that really? event organisers get when you okay. go, okay, this is real. Yeah. The program's out. The families are coming in and we're on. Well, having butterflies is better than just sort of swearing softly under your breath, isn't it, I suppose? I, did, I didn't say there wasn't a lot of that, Cameron. Let's be clear. <laughs> but, we had, but we had butterflies as well. Okay, so let's, let's first of all, let's just look back to see where we are now. Fourth year of Fourth doing year. that. Can we just very briefly, let's talk about the genesis of it. How did it? come about? I mean, the Melbourne Salami Festa was really an idea between friends. Mm. So um, a group of friends, uh, we were talking about um, making salami with our family and so on. And Carlo Mazzarella, um, my, my Salami Festa partner in crime, mm. um, had been talking with um, some other friends of his about <coughs> uh, which family had the best salami because we've all grown up with the tradition of making salami in our various families. And we It's would, a great way to tell the time of year, isn't it? It really is. Yeah. And it is something it that... Um, is a beautiful thing that fixes you in the seasons because that's... It does. Yeah. And we don't... 
appreciate that so much anymore, although what I'm finding with the Festa is that people do care about the seasonality of food and those sorts of things. And when we were growing up um, in Italian families, Australian Italian families, we didn't think about that much because everything came out of the nonnes nonnes garden or, you know, and we would go through these traditions. So Carlo has always made salami with his family and my parents actually don't make salami. It's my grandparents um, that I I learned that from. Oh, you've learned it. Yeah, so my... sharp intake of Yeah, yeah, no, no. So my nonna's 90 and I spent a lot of time with her growing up in her kitchen. She's not one of the head judges, is she? She was the first year. Yeah, right. She was the first year. Who's the head nonna this year? Uh, The head nonna this year is Nonna Rockina and she's so gorgeous. You should see the picture of Nonna Rockina, man. You don't mess with her. Absolutely (laughs) not. There's no way you're going to slip the the nasty fennel seeds with her, Maddie. She'll see right through it. Completely. And what I love about the nonni judges, because we put it out to our, our salami army this year and we salami said army. salami that army place? that's what we call salami our followers and a, we kind of said look does anyone have a nonna who we think would be perfect mm. and when the photo of nonna rokina came in we were like we have found yeah you know and of course because her name's rokina we imagined the rocky music rocky. as she comes to this <laughs> can you do that can you do that we you, can do anything. Because, all right, look, and here, are you getting the sense of this, guys, that here we are, we, we are steeped in deep tradition. So the thing that underpins it is very, very strong and it has a lot of integrity about it and yet you don't take it too seriously. Absolutely it, not. It's, it's about fun as well, yeah? And this is why we were determined... I mean, we didn't want to see nonnas, you know, at 10 paces battling with salami. It's going, no, man, he's the best thing. I'll kill you. Yeah. But there is a little bit, bit of that that goes on on the Sunday. Okay, yeah, we'll just... <laughs> but... Um, the main thing that we wanted to convey is it's about educating people and raising an awareness about these wonderful traditions that we have in Melbourne. And a continuation of these cultural traditions and incredible. passing on of these traditions. And the great thing that we're seeing that, you know, I made a light of the fact that, you know, uh, Team Mediterranean were spewing because they didn't win because, of, you know, someone else didn't. We might quickly talk on that. Yes. Um, but it is about disseminating and keeping these traditions alive. It's amazing the influence that immigration has had on the food culture yeah. of Melbourne. Yeah. And I've recently just come back from Italy, actually, and when I was talking to people over there about this event... So yeah, where were you? Now, tell me where were you specifically. Where? I went to Sicily. Yes. And I'd never been to Sicily before because my family are from Calabria and Campania, other yes. regions of Italy. Gotcha. And I met, you know, people and talk, was talking to them about this event, and they thought it was really bonkers. Like, are you serious that in, in Australia, on the other side of the world, the kangaroos are making salami? Yeah, what's this, while they're eating a Big Mac or something like that? Yeah, they have, they, I mean, Italians are always asking, but what do you eat? You know, because they, they, they don't have a strong idea of what Australian cuisine is. And then when I explained to them that, you know, we have this event and that people all over Melbourne are making salami in garages, they think it's extraordinary because mm. in Italy they kind of have Moved on, particularly in major cities, from doing they that. They are mourning what they have lost, and I don't think they even know they've lost it. Yet, no, do they, they don't. They don't even. They don't even know that wave of um, migration that happened primarily in the fifties and sixties in Melbourne. Yes. Um, prompted this wonderful exchange of ideas. Mm-hmm. And what I love on um, days like today when we do the drop-off and you meet the makers, there are so many people who come up to us and say, I live next door to an Italian family who yeah. taught me how to make salami. Yeah, and, they, and we and got invited over. That's right. In the middle of winter. And now I'm doing this with my friends. And... 
part of the conversation with the group of friends who started it is we were all saying, look, we're the only ones in our family who are interested. So in my family, for example, my, my sister has only recently started, had an interest in kind of making salami, but it's my brother-in-law, born in Byron Bay, who doesn't have Italian heritage, who's really kind of coming in and learning and wanting to experiment. And I love the different influences from all over Melbourne. Mm. Teams, groups of friends. Um, there's such a large Greek population, for example, in Melbourne. And so we get people kind of saying, look, I'm trying to infuse my, my, my Greek heritage, for example, or my mm. um, you know, heritage from another part. Lots of... Um, Cultures, not just Italians, also make make salumi and their own small goods. And QED, the South Side won last year, did they not? The St Kilda's. St Kilda. So we have the Suburbs Award. We're kind of um, yeah. inspired by the Formula One, if you like. Yes. And so we've got the uh, the Suburbs Award, which went to St Kilda. Very controversial for it to go Southside oh. last year. So oh. you can imagine. The nonnas were clutching at their chests going, oh, Well, it was a double whammy because the beautiful Bernard Holbury won the judges' choice. Award Who's and Bernard Holbury? Bernard Holbury was last year's winner. Ah, and he, he he was the man that had the thing up in a in a meat safe in up a meat in a tree safe in the mountains. And he's he yes, yeah, yeah, and, Matt. Can you can you just extrapolate on that just a little bit? It's such a beautiful story. So um, Bernard uh, was a butcher and now is primarily um, a fly fisherman. So he doesn't commercially make salami uh-huh. or anything like that. This is just his uh, his tradition that he does for himself. And he married into an Italian family. His beautiful wife Rosa, and he learnt this particular recipe from his father-in-law Carlo, who passed away. And so when uh-huh. he carried uh, forward that tradition, and I remember. I remember meeting both Bernard and Rosa so clearly last year and, and Bernard was so nervous to submit his salami and then to realise the passion that goes into it mm. and curing the salami in a in a meat safe in the mountains and it's like all of up that... Up a tree. Up a tree. <laughs> yeah. just, just, a tree. just complete that. There's, just, there's that mental image. I you reckon know? they might be ready. Yeah, anyway. And yeah. to have all of that kind of love that goes into it and to have him be the winner was just terrific and I love on the entry forms you have to put what your ingredients are mm. and so people will list their ingredients um, that they're willing to give some of them don't want to give away a secret ingredient and we're okay with that we just really? want to get a sense of so what's it's going a guide, on guide it's only. a guide only yeah, yeah. Um, but most of them put love mm. as part I of I knew you were going to say that. that why did I know you were going to say true. that it's true I know it's really cheesy but it's true but that that and you do get that that energy, and I think for anyone who comes along to the Sunday who's lucky enough to get a, mm. a tasting plate, because um, there's the People's Choice Awards that we have. So we have a panel of judges who ha- we have the judges awards for the homemade salami competition, and then we have the People's Choice Awards. So there's sample plates that are available on the day, if on the Sunday, until they run out. And we explain to people that because it's homemade salami, there's not an infinite supply of it. So whatever gets dropped off today will be sliced up and distributed to the people that come for as long as it lasts. And as someone said, keep it thin, Jim. Yeah, oh, we do, don't yeah, you yeah, worry. Yeah, keep it thin. So anyway, just to give you some idea, we got uh, uh, last year, this is part of the brag sheet, ladies and gentlemen, more than 3,100 people attended, uh, which received a record 72 salamis. We'll see how that goes this year, whether it's up or down. And from that, more than 25,000 slices. God, who was counting those? Believe me, we were counting. It really? Was, <laughs> it was amazing. It really was. So now uh, we've got about a minute left. Okay, Linda, now tell us 
First of all, the main highlights when people say, look, I want to be a part of this. What are the events that they should do and uh, how do they run? How long? So there are three events that we're hosting over the weekend uh, between the 16th and the 18th of October. So we start... Wait, say that those dates again? The 16th 16th. to the 18th of October. Couple of weeks' time. In a couple of weeks' time, all at the Northgate Town Hall. That's our hub. That's Salami Central. It certainly is. So on the Friday night, we're having our opening night party that's catered for by Doc. That's general pop can come in. Ah, uh, yes, yep. absolutely. And Doc are um, catering. Doc are catering. Good on you guys. And you get um, a Peroni beer or Montevecchio wine as part of your entry ticket that night. Mm. And the Salumi Hall will be sleeping. But that's where people get to go in and have a, like a little sneak peek. And we have um, the Bella Chow amazing band playing and people get to have a sneak peek. So that's Bella how Bella Chow. Yeah. Good eating. Good eating. Good eating. Um, see. And so... That's our opening night. I love it. I love it. And the salumi will be sleeping. Sleeping. And then then we wake it up. What happens when you wake it up? It takes generations to breed out the melodrama. And then we have (laughs) the the Festa Eve night market on the Saturday. So from 5 p.m. people can come in and experience the food stalls and the salumi hall. So the salumi hall, we transform the Northcote Town Hall into the salumi hall. So salumi is the term for all kind of uh, small goods. Salami's in the in the sausage is the long the cylindrical ones. The salumi's everything else. So things like prosciutto and pancetta and capocollo, they're all considered salumi. Salumi. So the salumi hall will be open, and we've got a number of different um, food stalls uh, for people to come and and eat at. And there's Mm. also a full demonstration and workshop program. So beautiful Rosa Mitchell, who's one of our judges, will be doing something. The sensational Rosa Mitchell. She's just terrific. The grossies will be there. The grossies will be there. They're doing yeah, a presentation. They're, they're part of it. Yes, Guy Grossi is our patron, yeah. and so he'll come along on the, the Friday to kind of kick off proceedings. And yeah. one of his chefs, Daniel, is going to be doing a, um, a demonstration about the art of cooking with cotechino. Yes, and cotechino is made out of all the um, bits. Bits. And I think I think this is a food program. You yeah, guys yeah. know what I mean by yeah, that. You know what the, I mean, yeah, yeah. The, the bits. Uh, yeah. Um, and then on the Sunday... The, the big one. ...is the big one. So it's that's one. when we have the um, the People's Choice Award and the uh, homemade uh, competition. So and, and what happens? Is it, is it sort of like, you know, the... You know, Nonna and, and her judges go into like a, a, a small room and then there's a puff of smoke or something like that. Are you going to do it that way? <laughs> so what happens on the Friday yeah, the afternoon? Okay, we're winding the up. The yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so they all get together on the Friday afternoon. So we, we know um, on Friday afternoon who the judge's choice is. Oh, the terrible secret that you must keep. Well, yes. It is the terrible secret. Yeah. But the People's Choice Awards all happen on the Sunday. Yes. When we're ready to announce the awards, the beautiful uh, – Italian men's choir, the Coro Furlan, will do a procession. Oh, my God. Through from, uh, because we expand onto Westbourne Grove. So the procession will begin on Westbourne Grove. It'll go through the Salumi Hall and up to the stage. Yeah. And so we have, if you like, a a vocal puff of smoke. And then we will announce the the winner. Okay, so... All things, it's it's basically going to happen. As we're speaking, the salamis are being delivered at Northcote, which will be salami central. In about two weeks' time, a few more sleeps, it will turn into the salumi hub, salami and salumi hub. If you need to look it up, look up Melbourne Salami Festival 
2015. There's heaps of information you can find, oh, all sorts of stuff, and there's even a beautiful printed thing. Where are these available? The printed programs are available in most cafes along High Street Northcote, and they're sort of distributed in the usual places gotcha. um, through uh, Inner Melbourne. Bang. All right. Well, look, um, we look forward and we will announce the, uh, uh, the winner. Uh, if we can help out, if you'll allow us to do that in a couple of weeks' time. Of course. Um, congratulations. Thank so, you Quite so much. seriously, this is something that, as you say, it has just grown around you rather than, than you really directing it. The, the, the support has come from the community, and that's been a thing that's so um, wonderful to see, and it, it gives us faith in, uh, in this place, Melbourne, being a great food town. And you're part of that. So thank you very, very much. Thank you. It's been lovely to come in and have a chat. 12.27 here on 3 RFM. I think we might go straight to market Are once you do, do whatever you want to do. Uh, I was going to... Oh, do you want to do that? You don't want to do some music? I can do music. Just, you spent, hey, I'm versatile, man. You spent hours before the show rummaging through endless milk crates of 12-inch records. I did indeed, yes. Uh, I did indeed. And for some suitable uh, music for such a sunny day. Yeah, and I think uh, we might hit this one. You got that on? I've got this on. Let's hit this and we'll go into a little bit of Brian Jonestown Massacre. We are in a different location. We are south side at the moment. We're at the Paran Market. I am here with someone who I have to say is an old buddy and I haven't spoken to for a while and it is an absolute pleasure to say a very, very good afternoon to Damien Pike. Good afternoon, Cam. Lovely to see you again. Oh, how good is this? <laughs> Mate, it's been a long time. Yeah, I'll tell right. you what. All right, so look, for those that have been uh, living under a rock, those who are unenlightened, those that just don't know, what do you sell? At the, at the moment, we're selling everything. It's springtime. It's uh, it's happening. Uh, we've got the cup around the corner. Grand yeah. final time. Yeah. Um, we're still alive. I'm I'm surviving. Mushrooms have still been my patty, yeah. and uh, they're working good at the moment. All right, and we've seen. Uh, we'll just maybe just have a quick look in the rear vision mirror, and we have to say that. Bloody hell, it's been a good mushroom season, isn't it? Oh, perfect, mate. We had the biggest winter forever. Yeah. Morels are in. We had them for three weeks. They're gone, aren't uh, they? Yeah, mate. Yeah. In oh. and out, hit and miss, but the quality was excellent. First time we had them in, in four years. So, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, and what quantities there were? Oh, plenty. Plenty of them around, mate. The yeah. chemists were selling them at the end. So, you know, <laughs> and uh, we were lucky to get some from the chemists. Oh, okay. Um, all right. Well, look, we are uh, in this glorious time of year. The first question we have to ask is, have you had a mango yet? Yes, mate, certainly. Kensington Pride are in at the moment. They're, they're monsters. We've got some bigs up, big ones up there, 12 mm. in size. Have a look around the market today. It's loaded. Plenty, plenty of produce in. Um, all, all of them at the moment around Cairns, northern uh, uh, parts of... Uh, Tablelands. Tablelands, yeah. mate. And also uh, NT still producing some up there around uh, um, some Fanny Bay, I think it's called up there. And really? they're, Yeah. They're um, um, producing some wonderful, wonderful product at the moment, mate. And, and this, the price is right. And, and I've got to say, I mean, this is one of the great things about eating to the seasons. I mean, you know, talk about talk about the bloody obvious. But, you know, you, you hang out for that first taste of the mango and that first sweet taste is just so wonderful isn't it oh mate it, it's heaven on a stick it is truly mm. they're um 
you know, the mango seasons over the years have been you know, astronomical. But this year, I think we're, we're in for a boomer. It, the, the quality that's coming down, and we've just started. So mm. all it'll do is just get better. It's now, good. When you say quality, how do you define that? What, what, what are the oh, things that you go, oh, mate? I, I, I think the quality at the moment, on a moment to define it, is um, peel it if, you, if you're game enough. If you want to be really, really different, you can eat the skin and all. Yeah. A lot do it. Um, <laughs> not my go, but... Um, <laughs> Look at that. You'll know the perfume, you know. Yeah. It's better than a, a deodorant. Yeah. And uh, we've got the texture, great texture. Yeah. Good, good, good product, Cam. Anybody should just come around have a look. Anywhere you can buy good KPs at the moment. All right, so that's something to look out for. The other thing that you were showing me with, uh, with not just even a little bit of pride in your eye, was uh, was these crates, these beautiful little crates of... Uh, of probably the best looking asparagus I've seen. Lovely, yes, mate. They're from Delmore, down the uh, uh, down the Pakenham Way, grown by a man there called Brian Lucas. Been in the industry all his life. And, so uh, not Kuira? No, mate. No, Pakenham, Delmore. Uh, Delmore. Delmore. Delmore's in a, is a little pocket, a matter of fact, down there. It's probably five or six acres down there, and um, it's just uh, the Lucas family have divided it up. Yeah, they've got the product and. Um, you can see it there now in the export boxes. Those there go to the Middle East. Mm. That, that quality of product you see at the moment. I think um, they'd be in a lot of five-star hotels. They'd be in five-star hotels all over the world, those things. Oh, certainly, mate. I yeah. think. And here we are. We're selling them at a price that's really, really, uh, really, really, um, you know, uh, affordable. Mm. And the season's only been open three weeks. Mm. All, all it'll do now is just get bigger and better. Look at the weather we've got. You know. All right, how do we eat them? What are you, you were telling me oh, something amazing. Mate. Okay, simple, simple, mate. You can steam them, microwave them, right? Grill them. That's mm. a good way. Mm. Put them on. Put them on the barbecue plate. Give them a dob of butter. Squeeze them with the mandarin. Bang! Did you hear Done. that, folks? Did you hear that? So. The unctuousness of the uh, of the butter going around, giving that real hug, and this little treble action of an unexpected yes, uh, uh, wonderful, lovely, and the butter, butter, secret butter. Yeah, there you go. We got that. We got that. Maybe a little bit of pepper Uh, on top. It's up to yourself. Yes, and and that just dovetails just so beautifully in the fact that. Here we are in the changing of the seasons, and we've got some things just going to the end, and we're sort of waving goodbye to them. Um, and one of those are mandarins, and this is still a great time for mandarins, isn't it? Certainly. Look, we're looking at uh, probably another month. We'll we'll Whoa, run through with. Really? Yeah, we've got um, you know good proof at the good uh, uh, product at the moment. They're called Afora. Um, it's a. I'll give you a taster. Yeah. Afora, beautiful fruit, no pips. Um, not big fruit, but juicy, 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 Lucy. Sweet. They're good. Ah, oh, sweet as. Um, they're they're available. They'll be around now for the next twenty five. They'll be around now for the next uh, probably month. Fingers crossed with um, serving up now with our asparagus. That's yeah. All right. Well, there's something to think of. And I was also, if you want to get old, really old school, <laughs> classical old school, the French had a great thing where they took a hollandaise and whacked a bit of orange in there, and they call it the sauce maltese which um, I still reckon is a beautiful sauce. Look, that can be used, you know, again, you can use it with asparagus, you can use that with mutton, with mushrooms too. So that can be done with, uh, for summertime, that style of, uh, of dressing now. Uh, use it. We did years and years ago, we did a, um, a mayonnaise, and with the mayonnaise we added uh, um, all citrus to it, and it was used as a dip for, uh, of all things, Swiss brown mushrooms. 
get out of town. Right. Okay. You got, so we're talking, uh, so a little bit of juice, some peel as well. Some, yeah, the some zest. Peel. Yeah, so you've got to whack some zest, zest in there. You must put the oil. The oil's got to go in. And, of course, make your own mayo. Yeah. You know, so easy. You know, it's nothing. You know, you can do it. The other one is so, so simple. Do that and put a banana in. Drop a banana, give it a whiz, right? In Blend your mayo. In your, yeah, in and the mayo, right? Well, what do you have that with? Well, I'm a Queenslander, so banana it does work. Banana mayo. It does work. With yeah. what? So with mushrooms? Yeah, do that there yeah, with, again, with Swiss browns. Or you Cooked can, on the barbie yeah, and, and with done. a bit of, so yeah. we, we need yeah. to. You don't have to with Swiss browns. They can be used in a natural state too. Yeah, right? well. Just dunk them, use them as a, uh, as a starter, right? Sunday afternoon around the pool. Great. Don't be frightened. Put the banana in. All right, okay, look, there. I've known Damien for a couple footy seasons. Let's just say that. And you know, some people when you they give you recipes, you sort of go, yeah, yeah, whatever. But with someone like when Damien says something, you just got to go. All right, I'm just going to go write that down because you're valid. Wow. Okay. Well, that's. I never expected us to talk about banana mayonnaise with well, mushrooms today. So there's another great reason that I've seen you today, mate. Thank you, thank you, Cam. It's been super, mate. It's been. I'm looking forward now to our uh, to our big summer patch coming along. Yeah. All right. Okay. So um, I usually do this with the uh, the bloke down the uh, the Queen Vic. His name's John Tomato City. What's your pick of the market this week? I think the Kensington Pride. Yeah. Uh, I think the mangoes at the moment might have just, you know, hit the mark at 100 mile an hour. Uh, as I said before, big fruit, they're beautiful, big fruit, big flavour, little fruit, all flavour. Kensington yeah. Pride. All right. And, and then maybe some of these uh, these mandarins yeah, while they're, they're, yeah, while they're while, still around. Whilst they're still in, we've got, as I said, we'll run till the end of the month. Mm. Um, that's still great value buy too. Summer's here. Yeah, yeah. Great product. Good to see you. Thank you, mate. Pleasure. Oh, Thanks, Stanley. Hey, and we Thanks. made it without one of those really loud announcements happening. That'll happen later. All right, that'll happen. Damien, great to see you, mate. Thank Thanks, you. Cam. Pleasure. Yes, they are indeed, and uh, we thank them for that. Also, just a big acknowledgement to all you people that have subscribed uh, over Radiothon period. I know we thanked before, but... A continuing acknowledgement is a good thing. Here, here. Here, here. Here, here. And uh, some said that it would never return. Those naysayers, they said, no, the angel <laughs> food, God, it's all over. Well, we're here to prove them wrong, and Ros Grundy is here to shake the guide in the air and say, it's here. That's right. 2016. Welcome back, Rosalind. Lovely to see you. Thanks very much, Cam. Matt. Mm. <sighs> Rumours of the death of the Good Food Guide were greatly exaggerated. Greatly exaggerated, <laughs> indeed. And uh, it was a galah evening. <laughs> it was um, a galah evening. It was, yeah, it was, it, but, uh, in, in a place that I did not even know existed. I know. We held it. Uh, held the uh, launch of the Good Food Guide Awards this year in the Plaza Ballroom. And for those who don't know the place... Which is most of us. It is next to the Regent Theatre in Collins Street, and it looks like... Hogwarts Great Hall. You think that they're, they're going to be holding a sorting yeah. ceremony there. And we did, in a sense. Yeah. We did hold a sorting ceremony. We did. All it needed was the candles sort of just sort of draped, suspended, suspended over the place. Suspended in midair, yeah. Yeah, it was, it's this Rococo fantasy almost uh, that's underneath. Anyway, so it was a glorious place to do it. It's the food Oscars, ladies and gentlemen. And we sort of, there were a few audible gasps. Um, as as things went, MC was 
the American Tim, Rosso. Tim Rosso. Rosso. Tim Ross. Tim yeah, Ross. Ross. It, very, very, um, very, very good. Um, I still think my, my very, 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 very favourite was Sean McAuliffe. I could not agree more. He had me almost wheating myself. And you know, and you know, the thing is, because that's one of the reasons I love you, Ross, is that you get that obtuse weirdness that is Sean McAuliffe. Oh. But half of the audience didn't. He and was that was really the beauty naughty of it. and really edgy, but hilarious. And I, Julia Zamira, we had her a couple of times too. She's and good. she was really brilliant because she really knows food. And so that was really Oh, her father too. was a French chef, wasn't he? Oh, that's right. But yeah. I remember Sean McAuliffe at one stage, it was Italian restaurants or something, and he decided to do it in the style of Christopher Walken. <laughs> yeah, Italian food. Wow. You know, snap. And everybody's just looking at it. Anyway, but we didn't do that. Is the hats. There's not a lot of... Let's start at the very, very top. Okay. We have a dearth of three hat restaurants in this town. We Shall have, we discuss? We have halved the number. I'd say decimated, halved. but that would suggest we had ten and the, we knocked off one. Yeah. But no, we had four and we're down to two now. Mm. So that's, Who are they? that's tough. So um, the two are one in the city, Attica, and one in the country, Bray, out at Birigara. Both very produce-driven, aren't they? And very technique. produce and kind mm. of pushing at the boundaries of mm. food. So both very accomplished chefs, really kind of redefining Australian food and what seasonality means. I think they're both brilliant. Eating to the seasons, eating to the regions. Yeah, we, we a lot say. of chefs talk the talk. Not all of them walk the walk, but we are seeing it a bit more, yeah. All right. Um Couple gasps in the room. Let's just let's just go Get over. That it's out like of the way. it's like going past a car accident and just quick look out the window, and we'll just keep driving. On. That's right. Okay, that's what it's going to be sort of like. View de Mont. Yes, lost their third hat. Lost two and flower drum also, mm. and, which is sad. And I'm we did really have to think very very deeply. And look at that because it's such a big responsibility with the guide. To Two very different places. So one is sort of like a temple of uh, Cantonese gastronomy and service. Yes. And the other is the high priest of what is it? How would you? Well, he's again doing uh, uh, redefining Australian food, and Thank he's you. and he is again. I'm sorry, I'm saying again, again. Um, you know, using ingredients that perhaps we haven't always used, like wallaby and those sorts of things. So he has been bringing them back, and mm. um, Shannon Bennett I'm talking about. Yes. And um, using things like, you know, playing with some of our traditions like lamingtons and, and making them into a tiny little petty four mm. um, in, in the shape of a marshmallow and things like that. So really interesting, but we just mm. felt that it wasn't quite where it had been. And knowing Shannon and what a driven man he is, um, I'm expecting them to come back next year fighting and I wouldn't even be surprised if they were back up there or thereabouts. He's brooding in the cave now. Uh, Maybe. Anyway. I, I didn't know this, but apparently the last time they lost a hat, um, he sacked his kitchen team. I don't know if that's true. Well, I've heard a rumour of that And, and you, you also got to remember that Corey's just left the kitchen from yeah. Vudemont and he's got a couple of Americans coming through who are about to come and stamp their imprimatur on... Oh, okay, that'll be interesting. I'm really looking forward to seeing A couple of American guys respond. are coming in, so yeah, um, stay tuned for that. Let's um, talk about trends that we've seen for the year because, you know, rather than sort of, as we say, roll down the windows, we drive by, let's look forward uh, and say, well, what, are the, what are the trends that we've seen? 
So there are a couple of, I thought, really noticeable trends this year. One was the rise of Japanese technique and Japanese ingredients and that sort of thing, mm. and things like sake becoming quite mainstream on um, wine lists and Isn't drink, it drinks good? lists. Isn't yeah, it good? Yeah. Doesn't it go well with food, though? Uh, fantastic. That sort of umami character that it has really does fantastically well with food. And to see that in a, um, a wine-matching um, situation I think is quite interesting. So that's that was one of the key trends. And also mm. what our restaurant of the year this year was Minamishima in oh. Richmond, which um, is just the most incredible sushi I've ever had. I've never had the... Breathtaking. Yeah. Like in the truest sense of the word. I, I was lucky enough to be there right in front of the chef. <laughs> and, and I have never experienced... It is the ultimate refinement for me of Japanese cuisine unless you're actually lucky enough to be in Tokyo or somewhere in the mainland Japan, mm. I, w- I would say. And uh, I was lucky enough to have the sake with it and the breadth of flavours, um, everything about the sake was th- another extraordinary thing. The service there is excellent and, in fact, they won the Service Excellence Award, Randolph Chong. Chong, who had his own, he's had his own restaurants, Asiana and that sort of thing, and I think he was at Flower Drum and so forth. So he's got a lot of experience, and he brings all of that to um, Minamishima. Can you ex- just very quickly explain, because uh, I, I haven't explained it well enough. Uh, where is it, first of all? So it's in a tiny little street called Lord Street. Lord Street, right yeah. at the um, far end, the sort of Camberwell end of Bridge Road. It's a tiny little. Um, side street. Mm. The um, it looks like an apartment building. I think it is an apartment building. Yes. It's got very minimal signage. You think, oh, really? This is it? Go in through a pretty much unmarked door, and you can't really see the extent of the dining room from the front door. And then when you enter, there's a very long stone bar that stretches the length of the room and behind that are these two sushi chefs doing their magic the masters the, really the masters are at work it, and the theater of of sitting there and having them hand you the sushi um as you as you're watching them prepare it and then them handing you that it's it is when the people talk about dining theater that is it it ain't cheap no, but no. it's one of those things you should do once yeah. Twice if you can afford it, but definitely. Matt, did you get there? I haven't yet. No, haven't it's, yet. it's almost top of my list, I yeah, would suggest I, you. I, oh, what is top of your list? Because I love Japanese food. Yeah. yeah. yeah if so what Japanese. is top of your list? I'm curious. Well, no, that would be, it would be that. And actually, I still have yet to eat at um, Spice Temple, and I'd like to go there as well. So they're competing for the top of my list, depending mm. on... How much left on the credit card go, this month? Yeah, yeah, go, yeah. Go, go to Lord Street first. Now, we were talking about uh, just trends that have been happening, Rosalind, and oh, you yes, put it so. so beautifully. And you said, you know what, Cam? What we've seen this year is a movement away from from the lab to the fire pit. And it's, it's kind of not ironic, but it's an interesting observation, isn't it? So we've had a number of years where chefs have been playing with molecular gastronomy and mm. we saw um, the evolution of that with someone like um, George Columbaris who was once our In young our chef of the year, um, at uh, Reserve doing crazy things and what about Raymond down there at Heron and Raymond Grace? At, oh. and, and at Phoenix before that. Yeah, at Phoenix before that. Um, so those two guys and a bunch of others mm. and then Heston Blumenthal and so forth doing incredible things with food um, turning 
a carrot into something that you would never recognise it as a carrot or something yeah. like that, and it's and it has pushed the boundaries and it has been really interesting. The foams it's and the fun. soils and yeah, it has it's been, been a, lot a, of wild, fun. a wild ride. Yeah. And now I reckon they are kind of a lot of chefs are telling me that they're pulling it back and they're wanting to cook over wood again, cook yeah. over literally cook over wood, as in yes. logs on the fire and mm. having to be there, very present while they're cooking because. We all know what happens at a barbecue if you let it go too long. You can very easily burn stuff. So, or if you give the tongs to the wrong person. That's right. Yeah. Those, so it, it, those devils who keep turning the steak. Oh. oh, and pushing on them. <laughs> you know that sound? That that's when you're pushing out all the moisture from your meat. You're good on you. Anyway, you learn. So, but we've okay. So we've gone back. Back to the fire pit. Elemental, we yeah, could say. Yeah, 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 very much so, very primal. Mm. And it's quite interesting, you know, the chefs who are doing that. Um, I was talking with Scott Pickett um, recently. He's um, at uh, this cell in, in Northcote and he's building this empire from Northcote. And he <laughs> is going to be doing um, a uh, pop-up out at the Yarra Valley at Acacia Ridge out there and um, literally with a fire pit and a rotisserie and experiment with that over the summer, um, December, January. And, and you know what? He'll be as happy as Larry. Oh, wouldn't he? He will be. Right. We, we know Scott. You know, you can, you can just see him just go, oh, mate, isn't this great? I'm back to my roots, yeah. And uh, Aaron Turner, um, who won uh, the, I think it was Regional Restaurant of the Year a few years ago um, at out at Loam, he's building a place in Geelong called Igni, which is all about cooking over wood. And there's a bunch of others. And, um, yeah, just I think that's quite interesting, that shift from the lab, as I said, to the fire pit. It's and that, that, that also presages something else, is that as well as that, as, as well as celebrating technique, we are now getting back to that whole, and it's back to that notion of the Italian thing, it's about ex- is celebrating ingredients. Mm, yeah, and um, not doing quite so much to mm. them. Yeah, things done. Now, um, one of the – first of all, congratulations on the evolution of the guide because every year it just gets a little bit better. The photography gets better. The photos of places are better. Um, but you have this great thing where you've written the trends and maybe we might quickly have a chat about that. One of them was um, oh, the kale, the kale, the ubiquitous kale, but the collie. Collie. Has joined the kale. comeback of Collie. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe not even a comeback because I don't know if Collie was ever really a big part of it. Oh, like, well, if you talk to John every week, he'd always have pick of the week. <gasps> and always John at the marker, wow, the Collies are good. I, I love Collie. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. love it. And I'm, I'm really enjoying seeing chefs doing all sorts of interesting things to it, roasting it whole and that sort of thing. Mm. I mean, it's an, an, a, a cauliflower pakora is a beautiful thing, but some of the other things people are doing... Mm, if you're going to do, um, if you're going to cook a scallop really, really fast, which is one of the great things that I've learned how to do in the last five years or so, if you put that on a little cauliflower puree, oh mm. my god, that is just a match made in heaven. Yeah. And the other thing that I've discovered, if you cut the florets of um, collie and then cook it hard with things like capers and even sultanas and things, that can be um, both um, as a substitute for rice, that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's but, great. Um, th- enough about me. So, what else has been going on? Um, dumpling mania goes on. Oh, crazy! Ding yeah. Pai fawn. Yeah, and um, Tim Ho Wan is coming. Pretty much. Well, it should be any tick of the clock. I Who's have to Tim, follow up. Tim Ho Wan. It's a um, Michelin, a Michelin starred um, dumpling place. It's the one in Burke Street. 
Is that uh, where that's going to be? I think it's in Littleburg. Littleburg. Yeah, okay. yeah. Looking forward to seeing what they can do. So yeah. that'll be good. They've got one in Sydney and it's going very well, I believe. And we should also – and here we go. Here's the thing to, to sort of set out the zeitgeist, where we are in the, the restaurant of the year is not some fancy – well, it isn't fancy, but it's not. Um, Tipo, double O, can you describe oh, best that? Oh, restaurant. Yeah, and why is that special? So it's... Um, no. Really? Yeah. Bugger. We're getting the wind up. Oh, my gosh, Bugger. I've got so much left to say. I know, yeah. Um, so three guys with um, fine dining backgrounds doing a little pasta place in Little Burke Street. Simple shop simple, front. Simple. Kind of looks, you know, a bit like a mum and pup place kind of thing, and uh, they're doing just delicious um, pasta. Beautiful. So, so they're doing simple, but it is, again, simple things, Yeah. great technique, great ingredients, but simplicity as yeah. well, no frou-frou. That's right. We could, we could say that? I reckon so. All right. And so. Other, other things that sort of have caught you, we've still got, hey, we've still got a minute and a half, it's all oh, right. And you yeah. wanted to mention some other news, I think, at the end, top of the show. Oh, we did too. Oh, we did too. All right, well, just very, very quickly, um, do you want a favourite children sort of thing? Um, what has been, what's been the main thing that you've noticed this year in, in looking around restaurants as you have? Uh, I think the main thing is the, um, the single focus restaurant. So mm. emblematic of them are things like Minamishima and yeah. um, Tipo Double Zero and those sorts of things. Things that, and you know, things like um, Rose's Canteen where it's just simple Italian, you know, just coming really well. back to basics, not trying to do a little bit of Asian and a little bit of this and that and the other thing. So, yeah. Someone else, a woman by the name of Jill Duplay, said, you know, one of the great things about Melbourne is this, this relaxed self-assuredness, that we understand a whole bunch of stuff about food and we do it in a really relaxed, assured way. Has yeah. that been celebrated this year? Yeah, I, think I think it has. So. Isn't 36th it? edition of the guide and it's Bang. still out there. How much? Uh, it's ten dollars for now while whoa, stocks whoa. last, and then it'll be twenty four ninety nine. Ten bucks. Yep. Yep. Come on, and we um, and there will be a, a, a sort of version of it, a computery version coming up soon. No, not for another year or so. I'd <sighs> say, damn it. Get on with that, you people. It's one thing you need to get on with. Uh, you can we- find it on the Good Food website, though. Goodfood.com.au. Absolutely right. Uh, nine three double eight one zero two seven. Roz is giving one away. Um, if you can tell us the restaurant of the year. Mm. Um, that'll go to you. And we must also congratulate Mountain Goat. Our good friends of the show, Dave and Cam from Mountain Goat, yeah. uh, they sold their business this week. Huge yeah. news for them. I, I know a lot of beer purists will be rolling around going, it's the end of the world, but l- think about it. 20 years they built up that brand and they worked really, really hard to it. I think they deserve it. Also, Asahi, third offer. Mm. Oh, wow. Anyway, the downloads on next... It's going to be an amazing wrap-up. I wonder which match they'll be talking about. I wonder. Yeah. Maybe they'll be talking about the NRL that's happening today. <laughs> Probably not. Roz Grundy, always a pleasure to see you. Congratulations on the guide. Thanks very much, Cam. And, and Matt. And there's only two people ringing. Come on, give us a ring. 9388-1027 for a free age good food guide. All right, let's get out of here. And let's let's go. go down low, continue. This has been a podcast from Free Triple R, 102.7 FM in Melbourne. Truly independent community radio. Want to hear more? Check out our website at rrr.org.au.